Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. I want to say this to you tonight before I ever even preach. I'm not here tonight, and the goal of my message tonight, number one, is to exalt the Savior. Can I get an amen right there? That's what the, he said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. And that is the goal of my message tonight is to lift the Savior up. But uh, the goal of my message is to not make you doubt your salvation. I, I want to say something to you tonight, and I don't say it arrogantly. I don't say it rudely. I don't say it pridefully. I say it exalting Christ, and I mean that with all of my heart. There's nothing you can say or nothing you can do tonight to make me doubt my salvation. There's absolute, there's, you say, preacher, do you ever battle doubt? No, I don't battle doubt. There's times the devil comes and tells me I'm not saved. However, I do not battle that. The reason that I don't battle that is because I go back to the Scripture and what God said. And, and if God said it, that settles it. I heard a preacher one time say, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Well, you can take I believe it out of that because God said it and that settles it. Whether we believe it or whether we don't believe it, that settles it tonight. And, and, and let me just read you something. I'm just going to be obedient to the Lord tonight. And Here's what he said in 1 John 5, 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. He told us right there plainly that we can know that we're saved. That we can know, watch this, he said that we can know that we have, here's this little two words that a lot of people get wound up about in our society. He said that we can know that we have eternal life. We can know that we're saved for eternity. I thought about this and, and, and um, the Bible says this. Let me read you a verse out of John. Let me just, I, I'm just going to walk through something right here. Let me read you a verse out of John. Here's what the Bible said in the book of John. Give me just a minute to get there. Here's what he said in John chapter number 10. He said, I give unto them eternal life, in verse number 28, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man put them out of my hand. He said that I couldn't be plucked out of the hand of God. What did David say when David messed up? He said, Lord, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. It's not even mine. It's his tonight, amen. He bought me with a price. Let me read you one more verse and we'll go back to Luke, but listen to what he said in the book of Ephesians. Let me read you something right here in Ephesians. He said this in Ephesians 4.30, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. What is the day of redemption? That's, that's the day that the Lord comes back to call us home. And you know what he said? Whenever I got saved, he said that I can know that I have eternal life. He said that I was in the Father's hand and that the Holy Ghost sealed me 
until the day of redemption. Number one, salvation was not in my power. It was in Christ's power. I didn't buy my salvation. Christ bought my salvation and God gave it to me. It's not what I've done, but everything in what he's done. So to say that I don't have eternal life is to say the blood of Christ is not sufficient to forgive us and cleanse us of our sins. So salvation is in him and we're sealed by the Holy Ghost of God. Who am I to remove the seal of the Holy Ghost. Who am I to remove? I can't remove. Now I might go down there at the house and get a quart of green beans out and 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 open that quart of green beans and pop the seal on it, but I cannot remove the seal of my salvation. When in July the 20th, 1994, I realized I was lost and on the road to hell. I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that night sitting in that service that I was going to die and go to hell if I didn't get saved. I'll never forget that night. I got up, I went to the adult men's prayer room and knelt underneath the thermostat that night and I can't even tell you every word that I said. Boy, it got real quiet right there. I can't tell you every word that I said. Matter of fact, if you want to know really when I believe I got saved, I believe I got saved when I stood up. Because at that moment in my heart, I was forsaking my sins and I was turning to Christ and asking Him to come into my heart. And that day I got saved. There's not a doubt in my mind about that. I know based on the authority of God's Word that I'm saved tonight. If I die and go to hell, the Bible's a lie and the blood of Christ is insufficient. Now, I don't say that arrogantly tonight. I say that in all humiliation. This book says it and it settles it. I'm saved tonight. I'm going to ask you this question and I'm going to read you my text tonight. Can you say the same thing? Are you saved? The Bible says this, it's appointed unto man wants to die. Wants to die. There, there's over the past... Um, especially the past 10 years I have done and been a part of a lot of what they call critical incident stress debriefings from a bad situation, a bad call. And, and um, um, uh, you talk to individuals and, and um, a matter of fact, just in the past recent days, I've talked to a lot of individuals that worked diligently to save somebody's life and they didn't. And, and here's what I always end up saying, especially if it's a one-on-one talk, that we do not control life and death. We can train and we can do everything that we know to do to save somebody's life. We have paramedics with us tonight and if somebody goes down in here tonight, they're going to do everything in their power to save their life. But at the end of the day, that decision is in the hands of an almighty God tonight. It's, we're going to do everything we can do. So I say this to you tonight, if you're sitting here and you're not saved tonight and something wants to happen to you, we can do everything that we know to do to say, hey, it could be no more textbook if you want to put it that way. A witness arrest, all the meds on scene, everything that needs to be done. But hear me and hear me well. If it's your time to meet God, honey, you're going to meet God no matter what we do. And all of us is going to face that. You say, preacher, why are you saying this on Wednesday? I don't know, but I believe somebody needs to get saved. It all falls to God. 
And when that time comes, when that time comes, there's nothing you'll do or I'll do to stop that. So are you saved tonight? We're not promised our next breath. We're not promised our next day. Boy, oh boy, if I've not been reminded over the past seven days how sickness comes even to the children and to the infants and to the babies. We've seen that. Listen to what your Bible said in Luke 16. There was a certain rich man in verse 19, you know this, which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus which laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. The Bible said, And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all of this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that we come from thence. Father, Lord, I, I don't know what you want to do in the service tonight. Lord, I really believe that you're interested in saving somebody on this Wednesday night. God, I believe there's a reason that, Lord, all day you've had me troubled. I believe there's a reason, God, that you've changed our direction tonight, God, and in 15 years of pastoring, this is the first time I can ever remember preaching on hell on a Wednesday night. God, I really believe this is where you want me at tonight. God, I, I don't believe it. I know it. God, I know that you settled that in my heart. God, I pray, Lord, that you touch the hearts of the hearers. And, Lord, I pray that we see somebody saved tonight. Lord, if not in the service, after the service. Or, Lord, Father, that you would allow them to get saved at home. God, whatever the need is tonight, I pray, God, that you'd help us. Lord, I pray, God, that you would give us as your children a fresh look at hell. And, God... May we get a new burden, Father, for people that's lost in Jesus' name. Amen. This is a very, very familiar story. You've heard it preached on numerous times. I've preached on it numerous times. And, and uh, a lot of commentators, whenever you begin to read this story and um, study this, and, and many of you know I read a lot. I've got, uh, I don't know, probably close to a thousand books, and I'm constantly reading on something. And a lot of commentators and even study Bibles will bring you into this passage of Scripture and say that it's simply a parable. But there's one thing that you'll find out in studying the Word of God, nowhere in any of the New Testament is there a parable that mentions names tonight. This story that I've read to you tonight is not a parable tonight, but it is a literal story of a man dying and going to hell and a man dying and going to heaven. 
when we think about it tonight, there's a lot that can be said about it, but I just want you to notice two or three quick things that I really don't know if I'll be long at all tonight, but I want you to see, number one, the people of hell. The people of hell. As I began to think about it today, and began to think about hell, and what is hell really like tonight? I believe this is the most vivid illustration that there is in the Word of God of a place called hell tonight. I'll say more about that as we walk through it, but when we think about the people of hell tonight, I begin to think about what the Bible said. I believe it was in Matthew that he begins to talk, and I didn't even, I should have wrote the passage down. Right here it is, Matthew chapter number 7. Well, the Bible said this, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I began to think about that verse today and that verse began to run through my mind. And, you know, I think a lot of times we have this mindset that hell is full of the atheists tonight and hell is full of the, of the drunk and, and, and this and that tonight. We have hell stereotyped in different people and profiled in different people. But hear me and hear me well tonight, according to the Word of God, There'll be a lot of people that stands in the presence of a holy God one day and said, Lord, I've done this. Lord, I've done that. Lord, I've done this. Lord, I've done that. And God will look at them that day and say, I never knew you. I don't know who you are. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I thought about what is the saddest words that's ever been spoken. I don't know what the saddest words that's ever been spoken is, but I do know what the saddest words that will ever be spoken to a lost man is. And that is the two words, or the three words, depart from me. When Jesus looks at you that day and God looks at you that day, I think about what John said in Revelation. Whenever he saw Christ in Revelation, um, they was looking for somebody worthy to open the books in Revelations 4 and 5. And he looked and he said that he was going to behold the line of the tribe of Judah. And here's what he said. He said he saw a lamb as he had been slain. He said, I saw a lamb as he had been slain. I thought about that, and here's exactly what I thought about. Evidently, Christ still bears the marks of Calvary in his body today. I do not believe that it's nail-scarred hands. I believe that it's nail-pierced hands. I don't believe that there's a scar on his side. Matter of fact, what did he tell one of the disciples? Thrust your hand into my side. And can you imagine that day when you stand in the presence of a holy God and you begin to explain to him I've done many wonderful works in your side and for you and there that day you'll see the Lamb of God that died for your sins and hear the terrible words depart from me 
I never knew you. I don't know who you are. Again, I don't preach to you tonight to make you doubt your salvation. I'm settled on mine, and I hope that you're settled on yours. But I'm going to tell you something tonight. It will be a bad day when you stand in the presence of an angry God and he says, depart from me. The people of hell, it's just we have it prototype is this one and this one. But I want you to hear me tonight. I believe there'll be preachers in hell. I believe there'll be deacons in hell. You say, well, what about guys that stands up and preach and people get saved uh, or this or that? You know what the Bible said? If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. It's not the preacher that saves anybody. It's God that does the saving. I'm going to tell you something tonight. I believe in all of my heart. I believe in all of my heart if God was to come back right now in the next five or ten seconds that there'd still be people sitting on these church pews tonight. The people of hell. It's just not the drunk. It's just not this one or that one or the child molester or the murderer. And we can read about all of that in the Word of God, but it's also that person sat on a church pew Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, that young person that went to proteins, that young person that stood in the youth choir, that young person that helped on youth Sunday teach the Sunday school classes, and I'm glad to get all that started back up here before long on the next fifth Sunday. The people of hell tonight. The people of hell. Can I ask you this question and I'll move on. Are you going to be one of the people of hell? Are you going to be, you say, a preacher? Preacher, you know, I, I'm a good person. Well, the Bible said there's none good, no, not one. So, preacher, I go to church. Well, that's great. And that's wonderful. If going to church saves you, I had an old dog named Luke when I first came here. He came to every service. You could ask him if he's saved, and he'd bark. You'd say, say amen, he'd bark. He's one of my best cheerleaders. So if going to church saves you, I guess old Luke saved tonight and in heaven. It's not about going to church. Church, it's about a, a personal relationship with the Holy God. I thought about the people of hell, but I thought about this. And I, and I just want to say this, and I'm going to move on. If we was, could roll back the center of the earth today, it'd probably blow our mind who's in hell. I, I, I believe my wife's saved. My youngin' says testimony of being saved. I'm going to tell you something tonight. Only you and God knows for certain whether or not you're saved. I believe if anybody say my mama's saved, I'd doubt my daddy's before I would my mama's. But can I say something to you tonight? If my, if my mama just left a few minutes ago, they came by on their way to Brian's Chapel. If God stood before me right now and said, hey, it's heaven or hell, I'm going to let you switch salvation with your mom if you want to. I'd look right in the face of God and say, no need to switch salvation. I know what I got right. The people of hell. Number two, I see the pain of hell. I see the pain of hell. Look what the Bible said. And in hell he lift up his eyes being in torment. The Bible said in verse number 24, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. He said, I am tormented in this flame. Verse number 25, but Abraham said, Son, remember. 
I thought about the pain of hell today, and I, um, I, as I was thinking about the pain of hell, I thought about the physical pain. No doubt there'll be a physical pain. I don't like physical pain, and, and if you do something that's wrong, I don't like physical pain. I've had a headache for, for a day and a half now. I run into a board yesterday coming out of the barn over at Brother Will and Miss Lisa's, and, and, and Brother Will just died laughing when I told him about it, and Logan did too, and Madeline was standing there laughing at me. It, I, I mean, I, I laid plumb down on the ground. I thought I was dying. I seen stars. I'm telling you, it was awful. And Brother Aaron and Brother Andrew Cass Stevens was working Medic 7 yesterday, so that's the outfit that would have come got me if I'd have really been hurt. Boy, I, I mean, I'd probably just laid there and died. I don't like pain, and I, and I thought about the pain, that physical pain. There will be a physical pain in hell. It's a pain that never lets up. One has said this, well... We'll get a relief when we come out of hell to stand before God at the great white throne judgment. Here's what Spurgeon said about that. Hell will be a relief compared to standing in the presence of an angry God. The physical pain of hell. No doubt there'll be a major physical pain. But I thought about this, the mental pain of hell. The mental pain of hell. What did he say? He said this, Son, remember. Remember. wonder what he remembered that day. Personally, I believe that Lazarus, I know I'm slowing down a lot tonight, but I'm just trying my best to obey God. Personally, I believe that Lazarus, and you've heard me say this many times, I believe that Lazarus has told the rich man about God. I believe he witnessed to him. Somebody has. He knows, he knows who Father Abraham is. He asked for prayer. He asked for somebody to go tell his family about God. Somebody has told him about the Lord. And that mental pain, that mental pain, it's probably worse than that physical pain. I believe that if you die and go to hell, you'll remember every time you sat in a church house. You know what the old timers used to say? I remember this. My daddy would say this years ago. I remember my pa Barker. I remember a lot of the old timers would say this. They'd get an invitation and the Holy Ghost would be moving. And, and they'd get ready to close and they'd say, Mr. Song Leader, Brother Song Leader, lead us in one more verse. And my pa would take that finger and he'd point it. And he'd say, whoever you are here lost tonight, this verse is for you. This is your verse to get saved on. Now, Brother Song Leader, lead us in another verse. And I believe those people that died and went to hell out of those services were there and I believe in hell tonight they could see my papa pointing that finger. This is your verse to get saved on. This is your chance to get saved on. I believe that if you've ever sat in a service where the Holy Ghost convicted you, you'll, you'll remember it. I believe that if you was in those foothills meetings when we saw all those people saved, you'll remember that. You'll remember every opportunity that you had to get saved. 
and you shunned it away. The pain of hell. Oh, there'll be a physical pain. I'm going to tell you something. There'll be a mental pain that's beyond comprehension. That, me, I, that mental pain is worse than that physical pain sometimes. That, I tell you, Brother Randy, when I had COVID, one of the things that I struggled with more than anything was my mind. I'm telling you, my mind, Brother David Edwards just got over it. And Brother David told me, he said, Preacher, he said, I don't know what it is. He said, but this message is attacking my mind. He said, Preacher, I can handle being a little sick. I can handle being congested. He said, but this thing in my mind, I heard Brother Matt even talking about Miss Mandy during while she had it. And her mind, I'm going to tell you something, her mind tonight, when you get in hell and open your eyes in hell, you're going to remember every time you could have walked an aisle and got saved. You remember every time a Sunday school teacher told you about God? Remember every time you heard a preacher pray that God had saved somebody in the service? I believe you'll remember every time a parent told you about the Lord. I believe you'll remember it. I said, son, remember. I see the people. I see the pain. I see the problem with hell. Look what your Bible said in verse number 25. And besides this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. The problem of hell, you say, preacher, what's the problem of hell? Here's the problem of hell. When you get there, it's over. There's no purgatory tonight. There's no, you're going to die and go somewhere and we're going to burn 7,000 candles and fast and pray for seven days to get you out of it. Hear me and hear me well. The problem with hell tonight is this. When you die and go to hell, it's over. Game over. I thought, I was a boy growing up, we didn't have much of video games. I had a buddy that had a Nintendo had an Atari that you could play Pac-Man on. It had a Nintendo. And my favorite thing to play on it was Duck Hunter, Brother Zeb. You'd take that gun and you'd shoot them ducks. And, and when I didn't get as many as I wanted to, I'd hit reset and I'd start the game all over again. Are you hearing the preacher tonight? Sometimes I think, especially young people, we're going through this thing called life and we think we're just going to live it any way we want to and when we get older, we're going to hit reset on this thing and start it all over again and then get saved. You could die tonight on your way home in the back seat of your parents' car and we can do everything we can do to bring you back to life. But if it's your turn to go, it's your turn to go and the problem will be this. It'll be over with. It'll be over with. There's no reset button in hell. There's no start over in hell. It's over with. And when the rich man got to hell, it was over. It, the problem of hell. There's no getting out. There's no... Um, I, I still... I get real sick. I like to hear my mama's voice. I'm 42 going on 43. I'm, I'm approaching 43 in a rapid pace. But I still like to hear my mama's voice. Are you hearing me? 
There ain't no phone, mama, when you get to hell. There ain't no phone to preacher when you get to hell. Young people, it's in that group chat. If you die tonight and open your eyes in hell, you'll not have a phone to hit 413 and ask a bunch of other young people to pray for you. It'll all be over. The problem with hell. It'll all be over at that moment. I'm going to ask you a question tonight. Are you saved? Are you saved? I see this. I see the people and the pain and the problem. Then I'll give you this in closing tonight. And I'm about done. I'll give you this in closing. I see the prevention of hell. You see, hell can be prevented tonight. I remember years ago, uh, 21, 22 years ago, Leslie and I had first got married. and uh, Hadn't been married no time at all. We got married in, in September. Yeah, in September. I was just making sure she knew. In September. And in November of that year, we surrendered to go with Rock of Ages, Brother Jeff. And in January, we went and started everything. And we went with Rock of Ages Prison Ministries. And during that time, we was in Mississippi. And one of the school teachers said, what are y'all doing to keep kids out of jail? Keep them out of prison. Brother Benny Hatfield at the time began developing a program called Prison Prevention. It's still up and going today. And matter of fact, Jeremiah does a lot with it in the public schools. Now I remember we began to talk, and Dr. Garris talked to us and said, y'all are a young couple. We want y'all to work with this. Uh, at that time, it was the development of what is known today as the juvenile team and the prison preventions out of Rock of Ages. We began to do that, and... Here's what we would do. We would go into the school and we would tell them what prison was like. And then we would say, here's the way you don't go to prison. Tonight I've told you what hell is like. Now here's the way you don't go. You don't have to go to hell. If you're sitting in this service tonight and God is speaking to your heart, you do not have to go to hell. I want you to hear me tonight. There comes a time when God says, I'm done dealing with you. You can send away your day of grace. There's not a doubt in my mind about that. I'm not going to take time to walk you through the Word of God, but that day does come when God quits speaking to your heart. God says, I'm done with you. Lord, everybody, and, and I don't say this to you. The devil will never tell you not to get saved. He'll just tell you to wait. Just wait to the next service. Just wait till you get home tonight. Just, just you don't want to go to that altar. If you go to that altar, everybody's going to look at you, and 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 and, and everybody's going. They're going to think this, and they're going to think. Just wait till you get home tonight. How do you know you're going to make it home tonight? How do you know? There's not one person, including me and my four, can guarantee you that we'll make it to the house tonight. None of us. None of us. We don't know. The prevention of hell is simply this. Acknowledge that you're a sinner. For all have sinned, come short of the glory of God. Every person in here tonight is a sinner. There's two types of sinners in here tonight. There's saved sinners and lost sinners. Acknowledge that you're a sinner. Believe that Christ can save you. 
and call on God and ask Him to save you. Come start playing real softly, if you will. So I want to ask you this question tonight. Are you saved? Are you saved? If the Lord comes back or something happens to you before you get to the house tonight, where are you going to spend eternity at? This thing's serious tonight. It's real serious tonight. I believe in all of my heart. I don't just say this. I believe in all of my heart they could be somebody here tonight that this could very well be your last chance to get saved. It's not a game. It's not something we play around with. I got a pretty outline again out of Exodus 14 tonight, 13 and 14 and 15. Man, I wanted to preach that so bad about moving forward, and, but I'm telling you, God would not. Let me get away from this. I beg of you to not let your pride stand in the way of getting saved. Hell is too long. It's eternity. It's never ending. Our little old minds, church, we can't even comprehend that. We cannot, I, Brother Aaron, I, I've thought today, I've tried my best to comprehend. We cannot comprehend eternity. Eternal separation. Eternal pain. Eternal thirst. That physical mind over and over for eternity. For eternity. To be thinking, man, why didn't I go to the altar that night? Why didn't I get saved that night? Why? So preacher, it's Wednesday night. I know it's Wednesday night. Preacher, we just started back in church regular this month and, and, and here you are on hell. You know what I'm going to do after service? I'm going to go home and if the Lord will give me peace about it, I'm going to eat a little bite. And if the Lord will let me, I'm going to lay down and go to sleep because I've done what He's told me to do tonight. Now the ball's in your court. Hell's long eternity.